Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. I am sitting here in Jerusalem with an old friend, teacher, colleague, Rabbi Ruth Gan Kagan, who is the founding rabbi of Nabat Ilah here in Jerusalem, Yerushalayim. And uh, it's lovely to see you, Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> Ruth, yes. Ruth and Ruth is good. And, uh, and since we're talking about Shavuot, Ruth is a protagonist. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, we're, we're coming up towards Shavuot and we're going to reflect on that, that, that holiday, which is the festival of first fruits and the, the wheat harvest. But really, we think of it as, as about the, the Torah, receiving the Torah. The rabbis call it as Man Matanto Ateno, the season where we receive the Torah. Before we talk about that, just love to hear a little bit and share a little bit about your your role and your vision as a rabbi here in in Jerusalem and, and as the spiritual leader of Navatihila. Uh, so uh, many people ask me what is Navatihila and what uh, and what is it uh, that we are we are doing and I I see Navatihila. Uh, I like to say is it's like um, a sourdough uh, plant <laughs> or little little uh, little little uh, factory of sourdough, and and this is because we have a lot of innovations about tefillah, betzibur tefillah, you know, uh, group tefillah, and uh, and how to enliven it and how to bring spirit and heart and connect and connection. Uh, when groups of people meet to pray together. And why do I call it the sourdough factory? Uh, because I think what we do is like we are, what we, what we are developing is like the essence of how to, to make things different. And this is what sourdough does. You put, it, you, you, you put it with flour and water and it will make the bread rise and have a specific taste. And what's special about sourdough, which is not in yeast, is like a yeast, if you have the same yeast, it will work the same everywhere. But sourdough uh, is sensitive to the environment. So if we develop sourdough in Jerusalem, the feel of sourdough in Jerusalem, and you take it to Boulder, or somebody takes it to California, or to Brazil, or to Europe, and, and add it into the ingredients of their community and their prayer community, it will, it will rise differently, it will taste differently. Uh, and we're interested in, 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 the, in how to jumpstart change and expression and uh, flow of, of, uh, of, uh, in a group dynamic prayer. So that's what Navatila does, and we do meet in Jerusalem because every sourdough factory needs to have a little, a little bakery. So I think Navatila in Jerusalem that meets once a month and then holiday is a is a, is a little bakery. Uh, you can really come and taste the way it is here in Jerusalem. But if you want to take the ideas back home, it will be different and it will be wonderful. And that's how that's my vision. But part of the signature, I mean, not having I've been only a few times to, to, to experience the beautiful tefillah, but some of the music which you know is is available online, and there are different. You know, we we have been using some of your music. It's wonderful new new melodies, which I think is your signature. But do you want to say something about the how you came to the name Navatihila, Nava- like what that means and how and how that expresses who you are? Well, Navatihila can mean a few things. So first, it it it, uh, it shows up in Tehillim, Laisharim uh, Navatihila, 
and and also it is used in tefillah in, in Shabbat book and, and festivals morning uh, tefillah. So uh, and the the the, the name Navatila came to me because Navatila means few things. It means beautiful praise, but it also means that praise is good for you. Lecha uh-huh. and and when you say praise good for you, it could be God. Lecha Navatila praise you you worthy of praise. But it also means lanu, to us. Right. So as you praise, praise is good for you, Mark. Yeah. You, you should be praising. It will be good for you. So I like those three, three-legged stool of meaning that there is, no, there is in the Vati line. I think a lot of what we do in our music, which is really getting everywhere, but also in the, in the, in the I would say the spirit, Rebzama Matichi would say spiritual technology. Yes. The spiritual technology of how to use music like I have students who write their own music, so they have started their own prayer circles, and and, the, and in the end they don't they don't even use Navatila. They started using Navatila tunes, but after a while they replace it with their own tunes. Still, what they do is part of the Savado, the idea of change and and the spirituality that we have created. Is like how to do it, how to prepare for tefillah, how to. Uh, how to create a, a team that is open to each other, that is current with each other life journeys, how to uh, pray before you lead, never get there in the last moment, how to sit in the concentric circles. These are all things that we've developed uh, to, break the, to break the performance uh, effect that sometimes happens with musical uh, prayers. So the concentric circles means like everybody, like in the end of a tractani, they said there will be the time and God will be in the center and everybody will be in the circumference of the of the of the circle and all everybody will can point and say the ze uh, this is you know God is here ze ze and and we are we are imagining that even though we are leading tefillot, it's not about that. It's about everybody being on the same level of of the same uh, arm length from from divine presence, which is in which is in our midst. That that verse, just to for, for people listening who don't get the reference, but Zeelivan Vehu, which is a line from uh, Shirat Ayam, from the Song of the Sea, when the Israelites cross the sea, and, and it's the same root as Nava, right? It's the same and Vehu, yes. And so this this is my God, and I will make I will make God beautiful, or I will I will make God. I don't know, how do you translate that? Yes, yeah, I'll make, make it beautiful, beautiful through my singing. Through my singing. Through exactly. my singing. Through my and it's erasing. Elohei Aviva Romemenhu, like the second part of the verse, is yes. about I raise God, and that's what praise does. Praise elevates, elevates God, elevates us and elevates the energy in a room. And that's why when people yeah. come to Daven in that way, they live, they, they leave uplifted. Mm-hmm. And life is really difficult for lots of people, at least some of the time. And I think when we get together in prayer, uh, lifting up our spirit uh, and lifting God in that process and uh, having an interconnectedness, uh, uh, being with God uh, in in the prayer space, I think that's what prayer is about. Wonderful. So before we transition a little bit and st- and talk about Torah as a wide concept and, and how it relates to Shavuot, 
Um, if people want to hear some of this beautiful music, how can they how can they hear it? And and if people are visiting Jerusalem, how can they find out about about your your tefillah, your prayer services? Navatehila.org. Uh, we have three CDs out that they can be downloaded through Bandcamp, but everything is on our website to download or to listen through Spotify or your favorite way of accessing music. <laughs> and the other and it's, thing, and it, can you just spell it N A V A. T E H I L A. Okay, wonderful. Uh, and and we also uh, put all of our uh, music sheet online for free. People can access the sheet music and play and uh, and sing it. So I mean, I think we live in the, a different kind of world in that respect. The, the freeway, the idea that we, if we're creating something that's really beautiful, we're creating it to share, not to keep for ourselves, and you know. And I, th- I think, and anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. People say this is so nice. You're putting things on, uh, uh, you know, like sheet music for free, and uh, and I say God is giving us this to share and to be used. Yeah. So, uh, so we'd like to give it for free. But when which we- is a nice segue, perhaps, to talking about Torah, because like, if Torah is this ultimate teaching that we that we receive and the idea of the Torah being received on, on Mount Sinai it's like this gift that of course we can't keep for ourselves and every year it's different the Torah looks different everybody receives something different which we were chatting about earlier so when you think of this this build up to the the event of Mount Sinai and Matan Torah the gift of Torah what what what, what do you most connect that to uh, so what I wanted um, to bring people who listen um, is is to uh, to bring you all into Yerushalayim in the in the eve of Shavuot, because over the last uh, quite a few years there's a whole phenomena of Torah learning everywhere, and I'm not sure you have it any other place. In, I mean, in Israel you do, but uh, uh, in that way that if you go into the street in the night, and I'm talking, you know, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 in the morning, you see people walking. The whole streets are full of people walking from one learning to another. And there, it's a phenomenon. There's all, all the institution, institutions and in people's home and everywhere there's learning, Torah learning, and there, are, uh, and they, and, and there is a map that comes out that puts out a lot of the Torah learning from all the denominations. And you can, you know, you can stay in one place the whole night or you can walk from here to there. And towards the morning, lots of people go to the Kotel to Davan uh, Shachrit with a, with a Netzachama when the sun comes out or they go to Mikvah. But you see people, the whole streets are full of people walking and talking Torah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be a concert in the reform in, in the reform center, like you know, it could be like you know, live music, or, or which will be interpreting psukim, or it could be like you know, uh, separated men and women uh, orthodox shuls, and it could be things which are creative midrash, or it could be like straight shiurim, uh, and that's all over, and it's so exciting. It's such an exciting, alive sense that. Uh, Torah is given right now in in all its shivim panim. It's all uh, in all its seventy faces, all in one place, and you can see it on the one map that somebody designed uh, of all of Jerusalem. Where are you going to go now? Yeah. Where, which 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 will be the channel for you to plug in to receive your 
תורה צנאי. כי מציון תצא תורה. לגמרי, תורה in Jerusalem for, for Shavuot, and I remember that, being incredible, just walking around and having that feeling. So then what's the, what's the Torah that you're going to be maybe teaching, or what's the Torah you're going to be receiving, what's the Torah you're going to be sharing? Well, I don't know, because as we are recording this, we're still in the middle of the Omer. So uh, we, we do have the Omer period in order to prepare and to know what it is, what it's going to be for me this year. But I, as we were sitting and, I was sitting and meditating, uh, getting ready for the podcast, I suddenly had the memory of my first Torah class that I taught. And it was a few days before Shavuot. Um, and I, I want to say that even though I grew up uh, in a religious household and environment at B'nai Akiva, um, and I was never a shy person, I never found myself teaching Torah. Um, there was some, some, and I'm saying it because people... You, you certainly never imagined you'd end up a rabbi, I'm sure. Definitely not. Growing up Orthodox, that was not part of my uh, possible future. Um, but that was even before, I'm talking about way before I start studying for the Rabbanut. So I'm talking about like the, my mid-30s. So, uh, and I want to say it because people know me as a as this dynamic, exciting Torah teacher, and people think that you are born that way. Well, I was not born that way. I was very, I was, I just, I just, you know, I just made sure other people would teach. I would organize everything, and I didn't open my mouth. And in my 30s, I joined a Rosh Chodesh group, uh, where the teaching was uh, was shared you by. Just say very quickly what a Rosh Chodesh group is. Ah, it was it was uh, it was uh, Rosh Chodesh is the beginning of the month, the first day of the month, and uh, I think there was uh, it started in America a phenomenon of women meeting on the first day of the month because it used to be a holiday for women in the old in the old time, so it was part of the Jewish feminism, uh, religious feminism. And I, I, was, I was invited to join a group. Uh, and after coming month in, month out, uh, and hearing other women just from the neighborhood uh, speaking up, uh, my turn, my turn arrived. And I couldn't say no anymore. I've been coming for a year. And, uh, and I, it was, I happened to host it at the same time. We went out and we sat in our garden. And I was, uh, I was a nursing mother at that time and uh, came with many, many books about Shavuot, about Kabbalah, about all the Sfirot. My friend says, you were sitting there with seven books around you because I was so, I had no like, um, no self-confidence. Uh, and then she said, you close all your books and you started speaking. So I want to really invite um, people listening who never been having brave to, to, to teach Torah. Maybe that's what you need. You need a group of people that, that uh, support you. And, and then you learn and then find a time when it opens. And, and I think in that day I brought down my first Torah because uh, I was thinking of Shavuot and how and the milk products. Um, and, and how we say Torah is like milk. Torah is flowing like milk, and this is why we eat all those cheesecakes. Um, and I was sitting there, and what came to me in that moment is that I was sitting there and thinking that Torah is like mother's milk. And what, what is special about mother's milk? Mother's milk fits the child 
exactly at the level of development. If it's the first three days, it will be colostrum that will uh, create immune system. And then there will be more and more milk. And if you end up nursing twins, two-year-old twins, there's going to be much more milk that will probably choke at, 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 at the one-month-old single baby. So how does the body know to create that kind, exactly the consistency, the amount of fat, the amount of... Uh, of liquid, what it is there. And that's, I think, the secret of Torah, that it knows, uh, it knows how to, to be the right, um, the right cons consistency or, and have the, what, what one would need at a certain time, if you tune in well, if you are finding out the right teacher, if you are opening the right books. And, and, that, is, and that is a blessing that I would like to, to have in our learning Torah. So we'll find out how to plug into Torah that actually will nourish us in a, in a complete way. And what's so special about mother's milk? It's not just the milk, it's the whole nursing experience. So, which, is, which is, uh, means that it will take care of uh, intellect needs, you know, of, of, of uh, you know, babies aboard the nurse. Um, and if they are hungry, the nurse, and if they're 30s, the nurse, and if they need comfort, they nurse. And they, uh, so it will actually, it's a relationship that fulfill all your needs. And many times when we think about Torah, we said, okay, this will fulfill this particular need. I'm very intellectual, but for my, uh, for my emotional needs, I, you know, I'll go elsewhere. I'm not against having things elsewhere, uh, but for my intimate life with Torah and teaching and learning over so many years, I said, it can answer so many other needs. Um, uh, Tehilim, the psalmist says, If I didn't have Torah, which is my... Shashuai is it's a plaything. You know what? Shashuai also have in it erotic connotations. Shashuim is like, it's like erotic play. And he said, I would be lost. I would be lost. I would be impoverished. impoverished yeah. I would be impoverished. And, and it's like, oh, so it also, it's also has errors in it. Torah has errors in it. It can, it can get, get you into, into, into some high places. It can be a play, playful thing. It could be a deep thing. It can, can be something that will take you out of despair. It could be a place that would challenge you, a place that will evoke your anger. Uh, and sometimes you have to fight with Torah because you cannot accept what's in there. It's not just lovely and comforting. It could be really enraging. So we can have the whole of human's emotion aroused in we engage in Torah. And I, and I suggest that we don't do that alone. Most of Torah, you know, we can study Torah alone some of the time, but most of the Torah learning should be done either with another person in Chavuta in community so it becomes a real human, full human experience. Wow, so beautiful. So much to, to digest, like the milk, you know. I was thinking of the book of Proverbs talks about Musa Avicha and Torah Timecha, the Torah of, of the mothers. And it feels like when we're making that, when you're making that uh, connection to, to a mother's milk, that, that Torah of the mother is, it seems so important. Musa Avicha, which is the sort of, instruction or the um it can be a bit harsh the, the father's torah can sometimes be a bit harsh and cold mm. and, and about discipline but the the torah of the mothers is really about knowing the child and therefore know, knowing the, the, the each individual recipient of torah you know there's the 
the famous Midrash that said, Kol echad v'yachad l'fi kocho. Each individual was able to receive in that moment what, what they had the capacity to receive. There's no one-size-fits-all Torah. And sometimes, you know, some people listening might think, well, what's the Torah? Because we, can, we limit the Torah to think, oh, the Torah is the five books of Moses, you know, those first five books of the Hebrew Bible. But Torah, is, of course, the way we're talking about it, the way you're talking about it, is it's so much more expansive than that. It's, it's every kind of wisdom and knowledge that there is. And, and if, that, if that experience at Mount Sinai was anything, it was that capacity for infinite possibilities of reception, which is what you, when you're saying about the Shivim Panim Al Torah, the 70 faces, it's, 70 is really a code word for infinity. There's, there's no, there's not, it's not possible to have one experience of Torah. So, um, okay. we, we, we've come pretty much close to the end of our times, but I want to give you the opportunity to give maybe a, just a closing thought or even a, a, a bracha, a blessing for anybody listening to this as we're getting ready in our own way for Shavuot. So I want to, I want to bring in uh, um, another facet of Shavuot is that we read Megillat Ruth, uh, the scroll of Ruth, uh, which obviously is my name. Uh, and, uh, and I want to bring into our attention that the whole story of uh, Ruth is about chesed, is about loving kindness. And the word chesed is being uh, mentioned, heitav chesedech, uh, so, so it's not it's not like uh, uh, something that I'm putting on the text. The text itself uh, um, uses that word, loving kindness. And everybody, you know, fate is harsh. You know, people die of illness. Famine is happening. There are people who are poor who needs to walk after the rich people's servants and pick up a, a few grains of uh, of. Uh, uh, of wheat to uh, or, or barley to uh, to um, um, to eat. So reality is not is not uh, sugar coated. But what all the relationship in in the Megillah Ruth are about of loving uh, loving kindness. The 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 mother in law and the daughter in law. The daughter in law towards the mother in law. The rich person uh, is instructing the boys not to taunt the poor. The the neighbors are supporting the old woman who now has a grand, uh, so it's been called a grandson, it's not a grandson, it's from her uh, daughter-in-law and another man. And, uh, and everybody there is, is uh, nice. Even the guy who doesn't want to redeem Ruth, he's not, he's, not a, he's not a negative person. He just could not rise up to the challenge, but we treat him in a loving kindness way. We understand him. We're actually happy that Boaz is the one marrying Ruth and not that person without a name. Uh, but everybody there live in, in, an, in, in really a beautiful, idyllic society, Bethlehem, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of loving kindness. And I would like to give that as a blessing for us as a, as a society uh, in Israel, and society in the United States, all over the world, um, share, you know, that we will be... Um, that we will see that possibility of a society guided by loving kindness uh, and that we'll make that a reality because it can be. We have that capacity. Life may present us with challenges, but choosing loving kindness is a, is a, is a, is a right and a privilege and maybe even a Musa Avicha, maybe, maybe, maybe it's even a, a duty 
uh, upon us to choose loving kindness as a guiding, uh, a guiding uh, principle in this Shavuot and be uh, disciples of uh, Ruth. It sounds like it sounds like a line from uh, from um, also from Mishlei from from Proverbs Eishet Chayel. Piha potcha bechokma v'torat chesed aloshana. There's a Torah of loving kindness on her tongue. So as we receive Torah, may the Torah that we receive be a Torah chesed, a Torah of loving kindness, and may we all receive exactly exactly the Torah that we need to receive this year. Ruth, it's been lovely to see you, really lovely to see you and to talk to you and uh, wish you a Chag Sameach. Chag Sameach to you, Mark, and to all who listen from Yerushalayim. Amen. Thank you for listening to Adash and Drush. We will see you next time.